0: Hey listeners, welcome to The Intelligent Conversations, where we believe that everyone has a form of intelligence that resides within them. We invite guests from various backgrounds to share with you what makes them unique. Our hope is that you and I can learn and grow together. Without further ado, welcome to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Intelligent Conversations podcast. Today I have the honor to speak with Sarah M., Sarah grew up in Cambodia and was held captive by the Khmer Rouge for four years in a labor camp. It was very harsh. Today, Sarah inspires others with her message to help people develop hope, resilience, and have a positive outlook on life. So Sarah, thank you for coming on today. I'm excited to hear your story. And I think that's only the natural place to start is, what's your story of how you got to where you are today? Because I think it's fascinating.
1: Oh, thank. thank you, Josh, for having me. Well, my story, as you you can tell, I grew up in Cambodia. When I got to college age, something really bad happened to Cambodia. I attend college far away from home in the capital city. My family are back in, in the village. Mm. That's about 350 miles away. And while I was away from everything, this communist Khmer Rouge came in to turn our country upside down. They came in in the military style. Oh, it, it's the hostile takeover. And they took all of us captive. There was about 7 million people in, that, uh, in Cambodia during that time. So they, they start to evacuate people out of all the city. They don't want anybody to live in the city. And they came in with a vengeance, with anger and madness and hate, and they intend to punish all of us. And that's that's what happened to me. And I eventually I uh, get caught in the in the camp, and that camp is the camp of of, of a thousand men and women, all single. So that means the strongest force. They can, they can push us to work as hard as they want. So the the work, the work is 15, 16 hours in the intense sun. Oh, geez. All day long. All day long in the terrible. right field.
0: <laughs> that is terrible. That is terrible. I can't even imagine that. I mean, so you, I mean, you were separated from your family during all this too. I mean, how did yeah. you kind of deal with that?
1: Oh, there's a two way to look at it. Now that I'm out of the picture, and am looking back, mm-hmm. I can say <laughs> there is some good thing in it. Some, there, there was bad, I was crying and dreaming about reunited with my family. But it was a good thing that I, I had them, my yearning to be with them, my yearning to be reunited. It's my love for them that kept me alive. So when you look back, you can see there's some good thing in some bad situation.
0: I agree. I think I love your outlook. I think it's important to try and look for the good in things. And sometimes, right, when we're in those challenging moments, having something that you want to live for that that keeps you going, right? Once you lose good. that, it's very hard. It's hard on the mind. So I guess that's kind of my next thing I want to talk about is, I mean, I have I know a decent amount of kind of what happened. I'm not like an expert by all means, but I have a pretty good idea of what happened there. And that's, it wasn't good stuff. So how do you keep like a positive attitude and during all that?
1: Well, at that time, I was still young. I was in my early 20s. I didn't know too much about negative, positive, and all that. I'm not in that philosophy, mm-hmm. but I know one thing. I have love in my heart, love for my family, and that's what I'm living for. I live for my family, and I am useful for my family. I'm helpful, and I want to keep it going. I want. I do not want to give up. So. I look at it as that at least they didn't beat me up every day. At least I'm still alive. I still have life. I still have love in my heart. So that's what I was just thinking about those two things, life and love that I have. But physically, I was beaten. Physically, I was starving. I was hungry and exhausted every day. But you keep going because you have something you, you are going for.
0: I agree. I, especially that one part where you talked about how, like they they were beating you physically doing horrible things. Right. And the thing is, yeah, they may have some control over that. They don't have control over your mind. They don't. Mm-hmm. Y- you're the one that determines how, how you're going to think, how you're going to uh, experience this terrible, terrible experience. Mm-hmm. So I think naturally, the next question is, is, how did you eventually get out?
1: Four years, I had to endure those four long years. Oh, geez. But in those four years, although I was starved and exhausted, I had built a strong, good sisterhood in the camp. Mm-hmm. There was many women in the camp and I just made friends with a lot of people. So I got my support team. So at one point I was very sick, extremely sick, and I almost died. And they sent me to the infirmary, the hospice type of uh, place, because I was no use anymore. I'm I'm not useful to be out in the field anymore. So they put me in the place where waiting to die. I escaped from from that. Uh, It's a long yeah. It's it's a long long uh, journey, but I get out from there because. If you are put in the death camp, if you don't do anything about it, you will die because there's so many disease in that camp, mm-hmm. in that place. So I find my way out from there.
0: So where did you kind of go from there? Did you come here to the United States? Did, what, what was your journey?
1: Yeah. So I got into that. So once I got out from that infirmary. I find my way to restore my health, and then they put me back in the rice field again. But anyway, of all the time that I was there for four years, I endured. And then finally, finally, they, they moved the camp closer to the jungle, and I realized, uh-oh, they move us into the jungle. There's no way I can find my family in the jungle. That's when I woke up really big, big time. I said, this is it. I, I cannot endure anymore. I had to get out from here. So how do you get out from the jungle? How, how did you? Escape! <laughs> escape! That's the only way. If you don't escape, nobody's going to res- rescue you. You have to do it your own, out of your own way. So my own way, well, we got help, of course, I... I pray and ask God to help me. And uh, God gave me the courage, the courage to gather three of my close friends. We team up and we go together. We risk our life. We know it's very risky, very dangerous. But if we don't do it, there will be no home. There will be no future for us. So we had to do it. This is the right time. So we pull it off. We got out.
0: Dang. That is Yay. That is awesome. So then from there like now that you're out, right? Did you did you ever find your family eventually or
1: Eventually, yeah, it's a long journey, a long walk, long walk from home, but
0: What was that experience like?
1: <laughs> Keep asking for direction, you know, when when I meet people and ask them, you know, how do you how, how can I get to to Baden-Bong? That's my home, that's my, my city. So the people keep telling me where to go and so and I keep walking, keep walking, you know, almost barefoot. But finally, well, a few weeks, after a few weeks of walking, finally I got to my hometown. And when I got there, my house was destroyed. There's no more house. Oh, man. And I look around and I look for my family. They were not there. And I was so, so disappointed. And where could they be? So I tracked down and finally I found them. It's a good ending right there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I bet that was a joyous experience. I bet you were just overwhelmed with joy, right?
1: Yeah, I cannot imagine if they are not there at all. If they disappear from this earth, there are a lot of people who lost their life. There are about two million people who lost their life, and this is in a small country that has only seven million. Can you imagine? There's so many people lost their loved one, and I cannot imagine if I lost my family.
0: That's a lot of people, and especially proportionate to the population. That is,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. that's a lot. Like they almost wipe out like like half the country with that. That is. It's like one out of every two people.
1: Yeah, it's like unbelievable.
0: <laughs> hmm. So now that, you know, you've kind of overcame that and that journey. I mean, it's remarkable. I, I don't wish that upon any human being. But where you are today, how did you kind of get into that?
1: Where I am today in Florida, United States, <laughs> the land of the dreamers. <laughs> so I never dreamed of coming to United States, never ever crossed my mind, but the circumstance took me here. So um, when when I reunited with my family, we realized that the country is still very, very messy mm-hmm. and there is no way that we can trust anybody. And my, my family was fearful for my future because I was a single woman. I am a, a prime suspect for a lot of crime committed to me. So my mom kind of convinced me to get out of the country. And I cried out, my eyes was bawling, like, no, I was dreaming for four years to arrive to this point, and now I had to leave? Where? So my mom had this plan already mapped out. So she teamed me up with her cousin to take a journey to the border of Thailand. We are going to cross the border. This is the time when we just recover from the destruction so everything was pretty much destroyed, there was no airplane, there was no embassy, no place to get the passport or anything, nothing like that. So if you want to get out, cross the jungle, cross the border, the landmine oh, border, geez. but to find the freedom, we make it happen. We, we did it. There you go. So we crossed that dangerous border and we got into the refugee camp. So that's how we get out.
0: How do you end up in the United States then?
1: Well, I have one relative who came to the United States before everything happened. And I tracked him down and found him, and he sponsored me to come.
0: That's awesome. So
1: that's how I got here. Legally, legally.
0: That is important. (laughs) I think that is so cool. Again, I... I'm just fascinated to hear a story like that. So a little bit now to kind of, you're here in the United States. What did you start doing? you like, all right, now I got to start doing something. How'd you start getting into like the public speaking and eventually writing a book? What was kind of your process there?
1: It's a long process. <laughs> oh, it's not easy. Well, I if you talk to anybody that comes from another country especially from a culture that's totally different from the United States uh, alphabet is completely different it's similar to Chinese but it's not Chinese mm-hmm. it's, it's not ABC so um, just that one alone it's, it's, it's a struggle to get to handle the language so first I get myself into the the learning to speak, to understand what people are saying. And then I got myself into the adult education to learn English and to take the GED class. So that's important to me because I was interrupted while I was in college. Mm -hmm. My goal was to get higher education. And I'm not going to get to let that dream shut, shut down. So I'm going to continue. So because I have no paperwork to show, I had to prove them. I had to prove, prove by taking the class, taking the exam. And then after I passed the exam, I immediately registered for college. That is amazing.
0: That that is so cool. (laughs) And then from there, what got you interested in like public speaking? How did you get interested in that?
1: After I published my book, my book was published about seven years ago. And people start to know people start to know my story and they want to hear it, even though I have my book but they they still want to hear it from my from my my word, so that's how I get into the public speaking first you know the last seven years i'm I will be speaking everywhere that people want to hear my story. I go everywhere, Broadway club Kiwanis club, where you can. Where, where people want, I go, but, but now I, I have a better idea. <laughs> I say, I, I, I'm doing better now, I get more confident, I can speak to make a living. Well, it's just a dream. I don't know when I'm going to get to that point yet. But so far, I serve the community. I serve my community. I inspire them through my word, through my story. So
0: that's all worth it. That right there. I think, I mean, that was obviously as I was kind of reading up on you and learning more uh, before you came on the show, I, I I saw your mission statement and it was like, you wanted to inspire others to have hope, resilience, and have a positive outlook. So I kind of want to get into that. How do you help others inspire others to have hope, resilience, and have a positive outlook?
1: That is through my public speaking. When I speak, usually I, I teach. It's not just telling my story. I teach some some lesson, life lesson that I learned from my difficult time. So in any challenge, any difficult time, you always find some lesson you learn from it. So if, if, if people have that attitude, they will learn a lot because we are now Living in a smooth sailing all the time, it's always up and down in our life. So we have to learn, learn to learn, learn to learn from our experience.
0: Exactly. I think that's that point right there. Learn to learn. That is, that's life right there. We got to learn to learn from our experiences. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, but I, I guess something I, I mean, you've kind of talked about this before. How, how do you get hope? <laughs> like, just, I mean, those are some, I mean, you kind of talked about how, in your experience, your family was like, hey, I hope I'll see him one day, right? And that's what kept you going. But maybe for someone that's not having, you know, a terrible experience like that, how do they have hope that their life can
1: improve? Well, hope, I had two meaningful for hope. Number one, simple, easy to remember is have only positive expectation. Have only positive expectation. So simple, easy, but it's very meaningful. So if people remember that you expect better, expect something better. Even though you are suffering right now, you're struggling right now, expect it to be better. Exactly. It's not so. You know, like I live in Florida. We have hurricane. <laughs> so every time the hurricane coming through, we know it's coming through, but we know it's going to linger all the time, right there. It will pass on. So if we have that, just just a simple mindset. Just know that this thing will pass. This challenge will pass. Things better will be coming.
0: I like that I think that acronym too. have only positive experience I mean that is a that's a that is a great acronym I I mean that's really what it is is you're hoping for better right like why would you hope yeah. why would you hope for worse it's like there's no there's no point in saying oh well that I mean that's just it'll eat away at you until you just you live in a life that's not like worth living it's like You have to have some meaning, some hope that things will get better in the future. I mean, that's what drives us is we want to do something better. We want to create something better than we are today. So again, on the hard things, how do you maintain that resilience? That's kind of the next question. How do you have the resilience? Because right, you can hope for something, but then actually have the resilience to try and go out there and make it better.
1: The resiliency comes from that hope and that hope will help you to be resilient. And also, we have to have faith. We have faith, we trust. We trust in the nature that the storm will pass, the sunshine will come up. So we that's the faith, faith in nature, and faith in our spiritual. Spiritual faith is another component to it because we don't know everything. Also a lot, some people think that they know everything, but <laughs> I am humble, I, I don't know everything. Somebody is in control. So I I trust that God Almighty, He's in control of everything.
0: I love that. So I
1: have, yeah, I have that strong, that faith, that spiritual, uh, spiritual health that will keep you going because you, you trust in the process, you trust in God, The creator of the universe and that will help you to be resilient
0: i love that i think i i love how you talked about spiritual like you threw in a word spiritual health i think that's often the thing that's neglected the most right like we usually Mm -hmm. are like hey let's have a professional health physical health let's have mental health we talk about all those things but spiritual health is what keeps us going right it's what you talk about that resilience it's what it's why we're here it's it answers the three big questions why are we here where do we go and what am I doing here (laughs) like it's
1: yeah
0: it, it answers those three questions and I think you have to you have to have some something grounded in to then go pursue those other healths and I love I love that you shared that so I think we should look at wrapping up and I'm gonna ask the intelligent question of the day. So, I mean, your story is just phenomenal, right? And you talked about today how we can develop resilience, have hope and give us that direction. If you had to give advice to someone that is just really just struggling, right? Whether it be, you know, mental health issues, physical health issues like cancer, or whatever problems they may be experiencing, what would be the advice you would give to them?
1: I would like to say one thing that we didn't get to discuss is the love. Mm -hmm. The love that we have, the relationship that we have in our family or in friendship. The love is so powerful. And when you have that strong love for people, it will embrace your life. It will help you to do the best you can. It will help you to be more resilient. Because we are not created to, to be alone. We are created to have a relationship. So if we foster that relationship and love and, and faith and kindness to one another, that would be the best advice I can say for now.
0: Thank you. That is the intelligent answer of the day. You, you've had so many good things. I've learned a lot. I'm sure the people listening have also learned an incredible amount as well. So I think, I mean, if people like are inspired by your story or they want to have you come speak with them, what's the best way they can reach out to you, get a hold of you, either your book? What, what's the best way they can do all that?
1: They can find all the information in my website. It's uh, very simple. My first name and last name sarai S-A-R-A-I-M dot com.
0: Awesome. Sweet. Yeah. Well, Sarah, thank you for coming on today. I, I appreciate, I, I learned again, I learned so much from you and I appreciate you taking the time to come on today.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you having me on and appreciate your show. This is uh, very good.
0: Thank you. Good
1: for, good for the community.
0: Thank you. I, I appreciate that. So everyone, as you can tell, that is Sarah. And she's a very intelligent person, has great things to say. She dropped her information there if you guys would like to learn more about her story or talk to her personally. Challenge you guys, if anything piqued your interest today, to reach out to her. I'm sure she'd be happy to uh, talk with you. Stay tuned until next week. We have a great guest lined up for you guys. See you guys next week, and let's get after it. Hey everyone, if you liked this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. We release a new episode every Wednesday for you guys to listen to. Thank you guys so much for the support that you give. We could not have done this without you guys. If you would like to be a potential guest on the show, check out intelligentconvos.com and fill out the form there. Thank you guys again, and let's get after it.